0: Good morning. Officially I have a start point for the audio when I edit it later. Uh, I'm so happy with this slide. It, it didn't take me it didn't take me any time at all to make it. It's so crappy though. It uh it didn't hinder my starting time. It actually kind of helped me like have a starting point. Um all the opposite things Abrie said last week. I'm not making fun of her, but but I like it. If you you may may not even see it. Does this have the little pointer thing? I never use it. There we go. This this little guy right here. Just a little watermark or little stamp. Just showing that it's part of an edited picture together. Oh, I like it because uh, I like behind the scenes stuff. You know it's not meant to be presented not meant for us to see it but it is part of the process Um, I like that kind of stuff and we kind of I guess that it kind of helped me start because this is I'm today I'm talking about uh, let's just move to the next slide. Simeon's song Um, there's not much here so we get a a lot of uh, we get a lot of little things to wonder about because there's 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 not a whole lot here it's not very long there's a little bit before and after as far as the story, but his actual song is not very long. And there's lots of extra pens I'm probably going to drop at some point. Um, so Luke 2, 29 and 32, is uh, his song. If you're familiar with the real traditional stuff, uh, maybe you've heard Nunc Dimittis, uh, which is really, it's not anything fancy. It's just Latin for the first phrase of, of his song. Um, uh, but that's just the the name everyone gives it for this thing um, the Latin it, it just means like now you dismiss or permission to depart or as we'll see on the, the later slide of the actual thing um, or basically I can die happy you know that kind of thing um, It's it doesn't seem so much like he's saying God actually kill me now is just like that God gave him a promise and we will see that here so I'll move on to the next slide uh, so a little preface here just a little bit when the 8 days were completed for his circumcision he was named Jesus we're talking about the baby the name given by the angel before he was conceived and when the days of their purification according to the law of Moses were finished they brought him to, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord just as it is written in the lord law of the lord every first male born oh wow every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord and offer a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So we're just getting Mary and Joseph and Jesus and whoever they brought with them coming in. Um, just basically just entering into this space. Um, and there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. So they're entering kind of into his space. Uh, this man was righteous and devout, looking forward... Now, it wasn't his space, but, I mean, you know, they're in the same area. Uh, was looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. So they, they bring Jesus to do things that they would do with babies. And Simeon was in the area, and the Holy Spirit was like, you know, just a little spider sense. You know, uh, go in there. Let's see what's going on. Uh, When the parents brought the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, and here's his thing, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised, for my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory to your people Israel. That's it, as far as what he said there. Not a whole lot there um but it's it's a pretty cool story um i mean jesus's birth his whole process is just full of confirmation, especially in the early days um, which have been very interesting i think for uh i mean you can imagine Mary and joseph for sure um but just all these things that happened to them in the in the the confirmation you know. Any, any doubts that we might have as we're going through. Sometimes you get confirmation, and you still have doubt when that confirmation is, you know, is past. Um, and they just kept, God just kept bringing people to them. Um, so the next one, uh, oh, sorry, This these are actually sort of references. So it doesn't seem like he's saying a lot. Uh, for my eyes have seen your salvation there 's a lot of other references but isaiah fifty two ten the Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our god isaiah forty two six through seven I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness, I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon from the prison those who sit in darkness so he 's just referencing You know, just this idea that they had, that he has of the Messiah, the Savior, the God's salvation working in the world through the people for for the world. And then after this... His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed, and a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So that's that's quite a lot to take in. Um, Yeah, so I was just thinking about Simeon. Um, this This is really all we get about simeon but that 's pretty much it uh, right after this uh, they introduce the prophetess Anna, who kind of says a lot of the same things or they don 't really detail like they did here but um, but it 's uh it 's interesting so there 's somebody that 's waiting i get so I have a couple of questions I was just uh, curious about like these days in two thousand and twenty three um, we always hear about people who are predicting the end of the world or predicting the second coming of Jesus, and it's like you know it might be like 1993. 1993 happens and goes. Oh, uh, maybe maybe 1998. I'm, you know, it, that keeps happening. Um, it will happen at some point. Um, but I just wonder if there's other people that were so looking forward to the Messiah that they they thought they had it. You know, or this is the one. This is the one. This is the one. I don't know. I don't know how much that was going on back then. Um, I feel like there was probably some pretty serious uh, consequences if someone were to make a big stink about something and it didn't happen. Um, But So it's interesting for someone to just have that faith. Um, Also just wondering what Simeon was thinking and what what he was expecting. Um, As far as what we know, God told him. God just told him, I'm going to show you, and I will let you know when that time comes. Was Simeon thinking... That it be a grown man, um, or a grown woman, or you know whatever he was thinking when he when God said here he is and it was a baby was Simeon like oh like okay, um, I don't know we don't know um, what kind of my eyes have seen your salvation I kind of got stuck on that too like what uh, again in two thousand twenty three. Our Christian, um, you know, just the culture that we have, Christianese and all that kind of stuff. We know what salvation means to us, but that's all based on what Jesus did and his death and resurrection and all that stuff. That was after this happened. So, just curious, like, what are what kind of salvation were they looking for? You know, some people were really looking for the military leader to, like, you know, right now, physically, let's let's turn things around. Um, and we see that through Jesus' followers. Uh, people that lived with him on a daily basis still didn't get it um, before he was, was killed. And, um, you know, so I'm just curious you know, just what, what he was thinking. Um, and I still don't know what Simeon was thinking, but we do have some examples. I didn't make every slide, so I keep kind of going back and forth, doubling up on them. So Psalm 72 was also on a list for Advent. So that's one reason why I picked to do it. But also it's a good uh, example of um, just like a good idea of their kingship and, and what godly people were hoping would happen with God's salvation and what king, what a king would mean to them. Um, I didn't deep dive into it too much. Psalm 72 um, was either written by Solomon about David and his lineage, which would include Solomon um, and the coming King, the Eternal King, or it was written by David. It didn't. See, at least the things I saw, nobody seemed to know exactly. Um, you know, and then some people were like, "Well, you know, neither one of them wrote it. Like one of their other people like wrote it for them, or whatever." Um, that's not the important part. The important part is what it's saying. Uh, so I am just going to. It's a decent amount of verses. I'm just going to read through it. I'm just going to let it wash over this and then. Kind of keep talking. Um, So, Psalm 72. God, give your justice to the king and your righteousness to the king's son. He will judge your people with righteousness and your afflicted ones with justice. May the mountains bring well-being to the people and the hills righteousness. May he vindicate the afflicted among the people, help the poor, and crush the oppressor. Just a little crush the oppressor. We'll just remember that. That it's just like that one little part of that section. May they fear you. May they fear you while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May the king be like rain that falls on the cut grass, like spring showers that water the earth. May the righteousness flourish in these days and well-being abound until the moon is no more. Talking about just the longevity. And when creation passes, you're still going to be around. May he rule from sea to sea and from the Euphrates to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes kneel before him and his enemies lick the dust. So just one little thing about the enemies licking the dust there. May the kings of Tarshish and the, the coasts and islands bring tribute and the kings of Sheba, and I didn't like actually practice all these words in my head, so the kings of, of Sheba and Saba offer gifts. Let all kings bow in homage to him, all nations serve him. For he will rescue the poor who cry out and the afflicted who have no helper. He will have pity on the poor and helpless and save the lives of the poor. He will redeem them from oppression and violence, for their lives are precious in his sight. May he live long. May gold from Sheba be given to him. May prayer be offered for him continually, and may he be blessed all day long. May there be plenty of grain in the land. May it wave on the tops of the mountains. May its crops be like Lebanon. May people flourish in the cities like the grass of the fields. May his name endure forever as long as the sun shines. May his fame increase. May all nations be blessed by him and call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does wonders. Blessed be his glorious name forever. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, son of Jesse are concluded. So the reason I pointed out those couple little things about the enemies and stuff is like in this, in this this passage, I should probably get a drink. And I'm going to talk about it. (laughs) Because that's what I've learned that you do. Maybe Josie 's watching um, oh yeah, so in all of psalm seventy two when we think of the Old Testament, a lot of times we do think of like the battles, you know the physical battles and the real the the real enemies and the conquering, and all that kind of stuff, uh, but at least in this passage we 're getting a lot of what salvation looks like and what the kingship looks like, and those very specific things about the enemy are not the most prevalent thing. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not there. It just means there's a lot more to it. Um, and, you know, if we just kind of look at the Old Testament as, you know, in just one little one little uh, thing without getting into specifics, it does seem like the Israelites were pretty concerned with... Let's see. I have a slide. If I'm even close. There we go. It's the very next one. A lot of times... Uh, Maybe there's more to it, but we can kind of break down salvation into three kind of areas. One, liberation from powers of brokenness. That could be literal or figurative. Um, Two, restoration restoration of harmony with God. And then three, restoration of harmonious human relationships. It does seem, they talk about it, but when God is dealing with the nation of Israel over and over again, it seems like he's doing number one, and they just can't get into two and three. Like in a, a stable way that they go from generations to generations. Some people will, and then the next generation doesn't. You know, and so God's like, "Come on, I keep doing number one for you guys." You know, you get you get enslaved. I get you out, and then you go right back into it. Whatever. Um, so uh, salvation is more than just that, um, but it does include that. Um, so I kind of wanted to go. So that was kind of like our, our idea of like, okay, maybe what Simeon was looking for, for salvation, you know, hopefully he kind of had a full perspective. Um, I mean, you'd, you don't have to. If we're following God, we don't have to have all the details. But it'd be kind of nice to know that when Jesus was on the earth, there were some people that got it. Um, so we're going to go back to 1 Samuel uh, chapters 8 through 10. We're not going to read the whole thing. Um, I'm going to have some slides, and then I'm just going to tell you some things. Um, So this was an interesting thing as I went back to it. This is where Samuel um, and Saul gets anointed, Saul becomes king, all that stuff. Um, I kind of had it in my head as I started getting into it, and then I have noticed some pretty interesting mirrors to Simeon um, as far as kingship goes. So this is—I just kind of had some fun with uh, looking up classic artwork of, of these characters and stuff. Uh, the funny ones I didn't include in here, but uh, or the ones that look like 70s or 80s, like just they were from my childhood. I didn't pick those either. Um, so let's go with First Samuel eight four through eight. Just kind of get into it. So all the elders of Israel gathered together. And they went to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, Look, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Therefore, appoint a king to judge us, the same as all the other nations have. At this point, Israel had not had a king. Um, they didn't have a king. They had judges. Um, but, um, as it says, all the other nations have. You know, they're looking around them. They're seeing the examples of how things work in structure and, and nation versus nation. So they're like, We just want it. We just want that. Um, When they said, give us a king to judge us, Samuel considered their demand wrong, so he prayed to the Lord. But the Lord told him, listen to the people and everything they say to you. They have not rejected you, they have rejected me as their king. So in my head, this is like, Israel's like, we want a king, we want a king. And God's like, okay, look, I get it. Here's a cool little thing. I'll be your king. And Israel's like, we want a human king, we want a human king. And so God said, okay, okay, I will do that, but I was thinking they should be someone who's loyal and humble, and Israel's tallest is the bestest, tallest is the bestest. That's not exactly how it goes, but it it is a little bit like that. Because uh, Israel didn't actually pick Saul. God did pick Saul, but he kind of picked Saul in accordance with what Israel wanted. And it doesn't really go that well for them. So 1 Samuel 9, 1 through 2, there was a prominent man of Benjamin named Kish, son of Abil, son of Zeror, son of Becherath son of Aphia, son of a Benjamite, Benjam, Benjaminite. He had a son named Saul. There we go. Easy name. An impressive young man. Uh, I chose this version just because it said impressive. Um, I was looking through all different versions. Most say handsome. Um, and what was it? Goodly was none goodlier. There was no one more impressive among the Israelites than he. He stood a head taller than the, anyone else. There's so tallest is the bestest. There we go. Um, so yeah, he was a, a stunning specimen. Uh, a a uh, cool drink of tall water or something like that. <laughs> tall drink of whatever. Uh, but yes, so that's that's, uh, that's what was chosen for them. Now the day before Saul's arrival, so this is an interesting thing. This, again, we're thinking Simeon. Simeon was minding his business. He was, uh, you know, following the Lord, listening to the Lord. And the Lord said, someone is coming, I will let you know. So now we go here. Now the day before Saul's arrival, the Lord had informed Samuel, at this time tomorrow I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will save them from the Philistines, because I have seen the affliction of my people, for their cry has come to me. When Samuel saw Saul, saw, saw, the Lord told him, here is the man I told you about. He will govern my people. So there's a nice little mirror there between what Samuel experienced and what Simeon experienced. Speaking of that, uh, just looking at what names mean, Samuel means God has heard, or in some kind of uh, name of God, uh, Simeon means one who hears, or God who has heard. So there's definitely a connection there, um, as far as the experience and what you know. What a lot of times I look at what God is trying to do, and you know, if it doesn't happen, not because of God, but because of people, God will do it again, and He'll do it again, and then you know, with Jesus, it's stuck, but. Um, Oh, so this is just going back to Simeon it had been revealed to him by the holy spirit that he would not see death before he saw the lord's messiah so there's the the connection there uh samuel first samuel 10 20 through 24 samuel had all the tribes of israel come forward some time is passing between some of these things but um, and the tribe of benjamin had, was selected then he had like he he had samuel had already talked to saul about what was going to happen so this is just uh, the ceremony of it i guess Samuel had the tribes of Israel come forward, and the tribe of Benjamin was selected. Then he had the tribe of Benjamin come forward by its clans, and the Matrite clan was selected. Finally, Saul, son of Kish, was selected, but when they searched for him, they could not find him. This is a funny story. They again inquired of the Lord, has the man come here yet? The Lord replied, the God had to tell them. He's playing hide and seek. Uh, There he is, hidden among the supplies. They ran and got him from there. When he stood among the people, he stood a head taller than anyone else. Samuel said to all the people, Do you see the one the Lord has chosen? There is no one like him among the entire population. And all the people shouted, Long live the king. Which is just Psalm 72, May he live long. Just, uh, you know, there's just common thoughts of of everything there. I just thought that whole thing was, was interesting because here's a story of God trying to work with humans, you know, his chosen people, saying this is how I want to do things. And then us continually being like, well, I don't quite get it, or I don't quite trust it. Let's just kind of work it our way, and God's like, okay. And I thought that was interesting, too. We, you know, The Old Testament God can seem like a harsh, hard God. Um, and it doesn't mean there wasn't consequences, but he said, okay, I will work with you. Here is Saul. I will give him strength to do things, but it's up to you guys to keep it straight. Um, and because now that you've introduced a middleman, now you're also kind of responsible for him, and he's responsible for you. You know, Without that middleman, at least there's a little less of that, that uh, responsibility in, in some kind of way. You've chosen this, and whatever he does, that's, a, you know, that, that's your thing now. Um, so, I don't have slides for it, but uh, when Saul started... He did do some things. He one of the first things recorded was uh, there was a, a siege. Uh, the Ammonites had uh, sieged a group of Israelites, and they had you know they're like, "Give us some time. We'll send out some messengers and see if anybody will come help us." Saul was was the one that you know or one of them that received the message, and he gathered people, um, and they defeated the Ammonites pretty bad. It was like 100,000 to 30,000 troops, um, and they beat him. And, you know, so they, they, again, you get there. see if I can go all the way back. You get that number one salvation. Yes. Satisfied. It did happen. Freedom. Okay. Great. But Saul himself never really seems to get into two and three very much. He's just, like, doing the job. I'm the king doing the job. I'm taking the resources that I need to do the job. And God even rewards the people. He's, He's, you know, he's a king. So you're not, you're giving him this authority. You're giving him this power to take resources, to do what he wants to do with it, all that kind of stuff. It may go good. It probably won't. And it didn't. So as we probably know, that God made his own choice, which was King David which we talked about in uh, Psalm 72. And again, we know David wasn't perfect, but he did have some of the characters that God was wanting. And David, even if he wasn't so great, always at at number one, because sometimes he would do some things that would put them into bondage, um, or even himself into bondage, uh, he was focused on on two and three as well. Um, So I thought it was something I had never realized, uh, just that kind of direct connection of how God was trying to start something between Samuel and Simeon, as far as, you know, here is here is the person that I have chosen, the person that I have anointed, um, and how, how that went about. So, uh, you know, again, do Mary and Joseph know those stories well enough that when it was happening to them, they're like, oh, this is like with Samuel. So maybe they thought about it later. I don't know. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, it's interesting for such a short passage um, with this guy we don't know anything about except that he's a devout man and he listens to the Lord. Um, it really gives us a clue as to that God is really trying to do this thing and now this is, you know, now he's he's worked it for himself. He's sending Jesus who is himself and you know, it's going to stick this time, basically. Um this is the beginning of his his kingdom, his kingship, eternal. And there we have it. Luke 2, 29-32. Let's read it again. Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory to your people Israel. That's all I have for today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for those that came today. We just bless those who, who didn't or couldn't. We just pray for safety on the roads. And that's today. We just thank you for who you have been, who you are, and who you will be forever. We thank you for your, your kingship. Lord Jesus, we thank you thank you for coming. We thank you for living. We thank you for dying, that you can show us life. We thank you for freedom. Help us to make choices that we, that we need to make. Once we have freedom, just help us to, to listen. Whether we, whether we know everything that you're doing, it doesn't matter. We just listen. I just thank you for the faithfulness of the people in these stories. Thank you for the faithfulness of Simeon and Anna, people who just saw a baby, a baby with poor parents, and that this is the king of the world, the king of the universe, forever and ever. Thank you Lord just give us health give us freedom that we can extend that to the world around us just be a light to the world in Jesus name amen